Hey, Lehigh, welcome to our monthly podcast where we discuss different topics that are relevant to Lehigh. I'm your host, Cameron. And I'm Melanie. And as usual, today we're going to be talking with our mayor, Mark Johnson, and then we're excited to have a special guest today, uh, Dave Norman and Matt Dalton from our water department. They're going to be discussing water conservation with us. Nice. All right, that funky music means it's time for our funky mayor, uh, Mayor Mark Johnson. How are you doing today? Well, I guess I'm funky. I'm, I'm not only funky, I'm grand funky. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's what I've always said about you. So The grand funk. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about transit. Um, obviously, in Lehigh, we know that uh, transportation is one of our biggest concerns, uh, but transit is one segment of that. Um, and a lot of people don't understand necessarily why we might need that transit. What, what's your thinking behind that, Mayor? Well, uh, since I've been mayor, you know, obviously transportation has been a big issue of mine and, and I've been working very hard with people uh, at the state level, uh, UDOT, uh, UTA, uh, many other agencies trying to look at potential f- solutions for some of our transportation problems. One of the things that came up early on in some of the discussions I had even three years ago was the role that uh, transit systems would play in helping resolve our future transportation issues. And it became very clear that uh, that was going to be a very uh, necessary component, of finding a solution of a functioning, uh, functioning transit system. And, uh, and I'd say we've seen a lot of progress over the last uh, couple years, especially just recently on some new transit designs. We have some transit systems that are actually operating at at pretty high efficiency, and that's what we need to continue. And uh, we'll investigate that. We'll do some studies, and we'll find out what works. Yeah, that's great. So, um, you know, for years, people have talked about the light rail coming to Lehigh, coming around the point of the mountain and connecting. Uh, But uh, one of the things that we've looked at recently is bus rapid transit. Um, and that, for anybody that has been down to Orem or Provo, knows that that's something they've recently implemented. Uh, Mayor, what's your experience with bus ra- rapid transit, or BRT as they call it? Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I think I was like a lot of people at one time. You'd see a lot of buses on the road, and they were, they were fairly empty. They weren't always fu- full, except for, you know, during the a.m. and p.m. peak times when people were going and coming from work. Uh, but what I will say that the UVX has, has proved a lot of people – uh, to a lot of people, that there can be a very effective system out there. And UVX is one that has proven to be very effective. Uh, a lot of students take that now to get to UVU and BYU and circulate around Provo, and it's had some very good successes. Uh, a lot of that is because it's fast, it's frequent, and it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's awesome um, if you've been down there and, and ridden that. So the UVX is the BRT line in, in Orem and Provo. Um, so this is something that we've recently talked about, maybe having a BRT line that is connected from Draper, where you might find the front runner or the, or the light rail, um, it, it connecting it down to Lehigh. Um, what, what are the most recent discussions that we've had and maybe the most recent plan that we have um, for that to happen? Well, there has been two committees that have been formulated, and they've been, they started about a year ago. One was the point of the Mountain Committee, and they're studying transit north of the county line. Uh, there is also the Central Corridor study that's been going on that studies transit south of the county line. And they connect in Lehigh. So uh, it's kind of awesome, and it's been great to participate in those, in those two different studies that have been going on. They've done a pretty thorough analysis 
of where transit needs to be, what would be the most effective, and the mode. And when I say the mode, they've looked at extending tracks down into Utah County. They also looked at uh, a bus rapid transit, or as they like to refer to it as BRT. And both committees have come back independently and said the future of transit is BRT. And there's a number of reasons for that. Primarily is cost. Uh, it's a significant cost savings to be able to run bus instead of tracks. Uh, but it's also efficiency. There's a lot of things with a bus system that it is easier to maintain and, and more dynamic, meaning it's, it's easier to change the course of that, the number of buses you need in the system as opposed to the number of rail cars you need in the system and things like maintenance. It's just, it's, it's really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, how that would be easier to add or let go of buses compared to the light rail. So that's a good point. So how will this connect with our frontline runner line? Because we've got to stop in Lehigh. And uh, I know right now for some of these businesses in our in the Silicon Slopes area of Lehigh, um, getting from front runner um, to work can be challenging. And, and since currently there isn't a, 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 an option for the BRT, but uh, it's still in the planning phases, um, eventually how will that benefit these businesses? So both the studies identified that there had to be a connector between front runner and and the BRT system. One is west of the freeway and the other one is east of the freeway. So both studies said, yes, we need to address that. UTA needs to find a solution uh, for a connector route between Front Runner and, and uh, the corridor that's going to run bus rapid transit. Now, to point out why that is important, as an example, Vineyard is, uh, has approved 20,000 units over there uh, they believe that that is going to supplement the workforce needed in the in the Silicon Slopes area and the prison site. Okay, transit, excuse me, uh, Front Runner will have a stop that is going to be newly constructed in Vineyard that will actually be, bring people directly to Lehigh and, and directly to Draper. Well, those who are working in Silicon Slopes going to need that direct connection then from Front Runner to get to the other side of the freeway. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. And and the goal here is that if we can have some of our population that's taking these these transit options, then that's obviously takes cars off the roads. Yes, right. And uh, it will help with our traffic issues as well. So, uh, so what's next? Where we we talked with recently with uh, UTA about this, and they presented to the city council. But what's what's the next phase, or what can we expect to happen in in the future with this? Well, this last. Uh legislative session we had at Capitol Hill, they actually funded the uh, environmental study. So that's actually the first official step to be able to identify uh, the start of the engineering work and everything for that bus rapid transit system. So we're pretty excited about that because that is, we're, we're officially moving forward. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great, yeah. That's awesome. And Melanie, that means is once we get those transit options in place, that's more time for people to listen to our podcast. Yes, that is so perfect. So many great options with this. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mayor. Well, thanks for uh, joining us today and talking a little bit about transit. That's interesting. And, and we appreciate the update on that. I'm happy to join you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. All right. 
Next up, we wanted to talk about something that's important to Lehigh, and, and that is water conservation. I'm sure you've all heard a little bit about that recently. So today we have our public works director, Dave Norman, and Matt Dalton, who is our water operations supervisor. And uh, they're here to talk a little bit about water. Thanks for joining us, guys. You bet. Yeah, Yay. good morning. Yeah, so obviously, Matt, everybody knows water is water, right? We've got one source of water that comes into our homes. We can use it for whatever purpose. No, right? that's incorrect. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe maybe educate me a little bit. Yeah, so there, there is actually two types of water in Lehigh City. There's the culinary and the PI water, um, or secondary water, as it's sometimes called. And there's two separate systems, as well as storage um, facilities and sources. And uh, the culinary water is what you find in your home. It's the drinking water. Um, it, anything that's in your home is, is culinary water. And it's for non-outside use. Our culinary water is treated um, with chlorine um, to remove any bacteria that might be in the water. It's monitored um, by us monthly, um, bacteria samples and, and other uh, monitoring schedule that, is it, that the state sends out for us to monitor water for any constituents that it may have in it for safety reasons. And the PI water is obviously... Um, our secondary water is for irrigation, outside water. Um, the water sources are different. A lot of our, about 65% of our water source for secondary is surface water, which means it comes from streams or um, Deer Creek Reservoir storage places like that. Um, and about 35% of it is other groundwater sources, um, wells that are, are not, um, that are not used for drinking water. All right. So for the kids out there, don't drink the irrigation yep. water. Yeah. Yep. It's it's not safe to drink. It's not monitored for any kind of quality. Um, and our fire hydrants are on our secondary water system as well. So you, Lehigh's unique in the way that um, our we might be one of the uh, one of only two, two or three maybe that I've heard of that there is in the state where our secondary mm -hmm. water system is live year-round for fire suppression. So that's when it comes. Uh, we talk about spring and fall. You need to turn your pressurized irrigation service on and off all right interesting yeah i was i'm glad you said pressurized irrigation because i was wondering what pi meant yeah so <laughs> so um well awesome so here's something i don't know about we get this question sometimes on facebook about metering so um what what are the plans for the city city and metering yeah so currently on our culinary system all of the utilities or all of the services to people's homes are metered. So people pay for the water that they use in their home when they're drinking it or showering or doing those sort of things. In the past, historically, a lot of the pressurized irrigation connections have not been metered. You just pay a standard rate each month throughout the year for that water that, they, that you use. And so the state and others have been pushing really hard the last several years to start metering those pressurized irrigation connections so that for several reasons. First, to know how much water that we're really using on our properties as we irrigate outside in the summers, and also to be able to then charge people for what they really use. And so several years ago, probably four years ago, we passed an ordinance that any new construction has to have a culinary and a pressurized irrigation meter at their, at their home or a point of connection. Uh, we haven't been charging people based on their usage yet on the pressurized irrigation, and, and then the city, the last several years, we've been doing projects systematically each year to add pressurized irrigation meters in areas where they haven't been installed previously. That's going to take us a lot of years to get all of those meters in place. There's several thousand that need to be installed, and it's, fairly, it's quite costly to put those in, to be honest with you. 
And so our goal right now with the meters is that we want to start in educating people on what they're actually using. So people that actually have the meters at their homes, our goal coming up in the next few months or hopefully this year is that we'll start sending out information to them about how much water they're actually using. Mm-hmm. They won't be billed a per gallon usage uh, for that water yet, but we want to educate people on how much water they're using versus what they really should be using on their lawns to help people see how do they compare and, and what what water are they using versus what they really should be. That's awesome. That's smart. Yeah, so that's a good point. So uh, we talk about what water you should be using, and there's a lot of talk out there today about conservation. Um, uh, the governor has just recently declared a state of emergency and encouraged us to conserve. But, Matt, as it starts to warm up, you know, my, my grass right now it looks brown uh, because it's been dormant through the winter. But how do I know when to start watering? Um, I would like to see nobody watering until April 15th um, at the earliest. And, and if the weather is, is such that uh, the forecast is still wet, I would love to see people um, push that even farther. We're seeing people water already, um, and, and the grass is still brown. It's, a lot of it's still dormant. There's a lot of green coming, but a lot of the grass is still dormant. Um, we would love to see people wait till April 15th, like I said, at the earliest. And then, you know, monitor if and, and change your schedule. If you turn your clock on and uh, it's set from July last year and you're watering three times a week, um, that's that's too much. If you if you turn your sprinklers on in April, um, we'd love to see people adjust their clocks and, uh, you know, water once a week. And, and uh, the biggest thing that I could recommend people to do is go to the conservewater.utah.gov website. And on that website, they're going to find a watering schedule. And the state sets up this water, or this website sets up the watering schedule as such that they monitor current conditions and then they ups, update the site daily. Another article out on KSL on Monday, and they, were, they talked about some more of the governor's concerns, and then they talked about um, forecasts, and they showed a, showed a picture of this website. And uh, right now, if you looked at it this morning, um, there's big, bold wet letters that says, wait to water, will tell you when to start. So yeah. if consumers monitored that website daily, um, they, they would get a date from them when to start. And, and I don't think it'll be till a, after April 15th. Um, but the biggest, that's the biggest thing I would do is monitor that website and, and they'll tell you when to start and how often and how much to water on that site. When you do turn it on, don't just turn it on and use your schedule that you, that you were using in July, change your schedules, um, for the forecast. Yeah, yeah, and so that for people that follow us on Facebook, they're familiar with that uh, that graph that you're talking about because we share that a lot, right, yeah, Melanie? We do. We put that all the time. Yeah, so we'll Good make site. sure we share that this year as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great tool, and I recommend it to uh, lots of people that I meet out in the field. I'll recommend that site. I like Matt mentioned one of the biggest challenges that we see is that people with this time of year, because our lawns are so brown from the winter and honestly look scary like, hey, my lawn's dead, <laughs> people will start turning their sprinkler systems on. And, and it's not bad to start your system up once the we don't see freezing temperatures at night. You don't want your system to freeze up. But to take a minute to actually make sure all your heads are working and that your system's working. But after you do that, turn it off again for a time because we're not really ready. It, it doesn't need the water yet, as, as we see from these various websites and the information that the state puts out. And so don't set it and forget it. Make sure that people are being conscientious about, okay, I've, I've, pressed, I've pressured up my system, I've made the repairs to it, it all works, but I can wait a little bit of time. And we're going to talk a little bit later about smart meters and, and how you can start 
get rebates and some money back for putting in smart meters. But that's one of the benefit to those kind of meters, what they call smart meters, is they work off a system of, of pulling information around the forecasts and water and what rain we're getting. And they'll actually adjust rather than the homeowner having to adjust their clock. They'll adjust, if you set them correctly, they'll adjust for what the season needs and they'll water less in the spring. They'll start to water a little bit more in the summer and then back off again in the fall. So that's a great thing that people should be starting to look at if they don't already have one is a smart meter. Uh, the technologies yeah. have come a long ways in the last few years and there's some great resources out there to get them swapped out and actually have to not pay a whole lot to do it. So Yeah, yeah. well, let's go there. Let's talk about that. Where can somebody find a smart meter? And, and let's talk a little bit about the rebates program uh, from the state. What can you guys tell us about that? Um, Utah Water Savers, if you go to their website, um, you can look up their smart meter program and the rebates that are, that are available uh, to consumers if they change out their their current clock to a smart water clock. So on, I, I'm looking at the website right now, and they call it the Smart Controller Rebates. And so it'll walk you through what you need to do and how to apply and which which ones qualify. And it says you can receive a rebate for up to $75 when you purchase. I think they'll cover up to half the cost. Uh, so if you purchased one for $150, they will They'll do up to $75 on that. Um, several years ago, some of the different large water agencies, um, C- Central Utah Water Conservancy District and Jordan Valley Water Conservancy District. Jordan Valley several years ago started the Slow the Flow program. I think probably anybody that's lived in Utah for any period of time has seen the ads, heard them on the radio. The state um, then kind of got all those entities together to create a state website, this this utahwatersavers.com. So now anybody in the state can go to one central location to find what rebate, rebate programs are available. Uh, in the past, you had to, to send them into your local water company or, or water district. And so now they have like a toilet replacement program, the smart controller rebates. Uh, they have a local, they call it a local scapes rewards. Uh, a landscape consultations are available and even a flip your strip and it sounds like that one might only be in the Salt Lake County right now, but hopefully Utah County might adopt that in the future. Because that's an area that we see a lot of waste is when you're trying to water that small strip of grass. Yep. And the water is, it's, it's almost impossible to get the right amount on without it running into the streets and the curbs and gutters. Yeah. And so that's an area that uh, I know Salt Lake County has been pushing real heavily to, to get people to change those to water-wise landscaping uh, rather than just straight grass. Yeah, I actually did that to my property last year. And the other benefit is that you don't have to mow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I have a newer property. Uh, and so I actually did that from the very beginning. I didn't put any any grass out close to the roadway. I, I just did rock and other features out there. So. What did you put in your uh, park strip, Cameron? Uh, I just have uh, some shrubs, a uh, uh, nice... Um, evergreen tree and and uh just some different uh different plants and stuff like that Put i still a drip have system out there on yeah them. i'm working i'm working on that drip system to to get that in place and then some more water wise plants just to kind of fill the gaps and stuff yeah great. so nice little path to walk uh to the road and stuff like that great some rocks and stuff way to go cameron it's doing my part <laughs> <laughs> hey so doesn't our parks department aren't they starting to put that out there too i feel like we get a lot of questions about well, if we're conserving is in the city, and that's that's a lot of the parks are changing to that, right? Yeah, that's my understanding. Is that the parks uh, is systematically changing out? It's you know they have huge areas with, uh, in, honestly, ex- very expensive controllers. But yeah, is my understanding over the last two three years that they've been systematically changing out the parks to these smart meterings, is metering 
using smart meters as well so that they can more efficiently water the parks and, and be on that same program we are and making sure that we're being conservative with the water that we have and using the resource to our best ability. Good. Good the city's on board as well, just uh-huh. making yeah. sure. And the parks department's worked really hard on a water conservation plan through the winter that they intend to implement this summer as they see conditions that they, they'll implement their own water conservation plan, and they've worked really hard on it, and uh, we look forward to working with them on, on them implementing their plan and, and seeing how it affects our, our usage and, and our savings. That's awesome. All right, great. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about our current conditions because there's a lot of people out there that think, you know, why why didn't Lehigh prepare for this, right? Why don't we have more water sources? Why are we allowing so much growth to happen? This is why we don't have any water. But really, that's not the situation, right? It's 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 actually a situation with there being water in our sources. Yeah, I'm, um, obviously the with the governor's. Um, state of emergency a couple of weeks ago, the, the entire state's in the same boat. Um, everybody is dry. The conditions in, in everywhere is, is extremely low. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, uh, Dave, a little bit about the conditions and what we're kind of looking at here. Yeah. So currently the way that the water year works in Utah is that we start measuring water at the 1st of October. So October 1st through the following se- end of September. And so that's how we measure our water year. And th- this year, in October, November, and even December, we had some of our lowest precipitation that we've seen in a very long time. So we were right at the bottom of the trend. We were at the all-time lows on how much water we were getting, how much snow we had up in the mountains, and it was getting pretty scary. Fortunately, in February, we had some record-breaking storms, and we even had a really good storm last week that put a lot more moisture in the mountains. And so what we're seeing right now is we're at about 80% of normal for our snowpack, which is encouraging, but it's still not anywhere close to where we would want to be to expect to have a full water season. Um, The the challenge this year that we're seeing, and and it's an area that the science is uh, probably beyond our technology, but (laughs) the state measures what they call soil saturation. Okay. And that's where how much moisture is sitting in the ground prior to the runoff starting. And what we're seeing is historic lows. We're currently well below the lowest we've ever seen since they started measuring soil saturation. And so what, we're, what they're afraid of and what we're afraid of is that when we start to get a runoff, a lot of the water is going to go into the ground first before it hits the reservoirs. So we're not going to know how much water we have available until the water starts running off, until the reservoirs start filling okay. and then we'll start to get a sense and this is something that matt tracks honestly on daily and weekly basis with his position over the pressurized irrigation and the culinary water now he watches that very closely and works with the water masters and those that are in charge of the reservoirs to see how much water uh, what we call allocation i'll let matt explain that in a second but what what is our allocation going to be for this coming water season are we going to get our full allocation or are we going to get 90 percent 80 percent even 50%. And that's where we don't know what our water outlook is going to be yet, other than we know that it's not going to be likely what we're used to getting because of the lack of snowpack and also the extreme lack of moisture already in the soil. Yeah, interesting. So it seems like this is probably a multi-year problem, uh, not just something that is from year to year when we're talking about moisture in the soil and, and in the reservoirs. It can be impacted as we have continuous droughts from year to year. Is that right? Exactly. And and last summer, I mean, obviously was one of the driest. Well, it was the driest on record. And so the lack of any summer rainstorms uh, 
affects the soil moisture content. And then no fall rainstorms, September, October, November, there was very little precipitation for the ground to soak that moisture in. And so that's where the soil moisture content uh, effect comes in is there, there just was no storms to get that soil moist and then it gets cold. And then what we have in the mountains, as Dave mentioned, comes off and instead of going down to the rivers and the streams and making it to our reservoirs, the ground takes it up like a sponge. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know there was that much that went into yeah, the water coming either. out of my pipes, right? Yeah. So I just, I kind of want to just make sure I understand. So it's not really about the building here in Lehigh. It's, it, that doesn't really affect it. It's about the soil and years past. Yeah. So anytime somebody develops in the city, they have to bring water rights or, or to the city. Mm-hmm. And so the city, each time a new building or a subdivision comes into place, that water gets turned over to the city. So we have a bank of water to pull from. Okay, so as the city grows, we continue to get more and more water allocated to us. And so it's not necessarily the growth issue. It's what does Mother Nature do for us each year to continue to provide that water that we're used to getting? In the past, it's gone to fields, right, where they irrigate their farms. Mm -hmm. Now we're turning those into residential neighborhoods. And so the water then goes for drinking and or irrigating your yard. And so the water's been there, and the water have the water available, but it's only if it's available for us as it snows and rains and it accumulates in the reservoirs because that's how we have to get it. We either get it from groundwater with the wells that we drill or we get it from the reservoirs. And so that's the limiter. That's the limiting factor in the water supply is what do we get each year as the storms come in and what does our snowpack do? That's why we follow these kind of numbers because that's what affects us and how much water we have available to us each year. That's interesting about the water rights. That's cool to know that people aren't just coming in. They're also bringing water with them. So it's actually kind of convenient. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, without that, we wouldn't be able to have people build homes and develop. If we weren't getting that water dedicated to the city, then we wouldn't have water available to us. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that water that it is dedicated to the city comes in several different forms, whether it be surface water, groundwater, what, what the source of that water is whether it come from Deer Creek or other surface water sources or groundwater. And obviously um, the snowpack or, or the fork at water forecast affects each of those shares and, and what that share is going to be worth that, that year. Mm-hmm. We have several groundwater sources that, like, as Dave mentioned, we get an allocation on, whether it be 60, 70, 80, 90, 100%. The last several years we've been able to get 100% allocation out of Deer Creek. Um, even with that, we have several other groundwater sources, even uh, like on a year last year, um, that d- it doesn't come on an allocation. It's just what the flow is. And on a drier year, those flows aren't as high as they are on wetter years. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a good conversation about uh, conservation and our water. Um, but as we go throughout the summer, where can people find some more information about this? If they need to, if they want to learn more about how to be more efficient with watering or maybe some of the tools that are out there, how can they find uh, that information? There's three websites that, that we lean on quite heavily for any kind of conservation tips or forecasting or um, like we mentioned, the Utah Water Savers. They have programs, they have rebates, they actually have uh, conservation tips. There's slowtheflow.org. Um, they have ways to save water, lots of conservation tips. And then the conservewater.utah.gov, not only do they have the weekly, or not weekly, it's a daily watering schedule. Um, they have that water schedule that people, I, I would recommend looking at daily or weekly at the, at the 
minimal to look at that weekly and come up with a watering schedule. But um, the conservewater.utah.gov website also has a lot of conservation tips. Um, they recommend raising your mower deck to provide more shade to your to your sod and your, your greenscapes, and that allows the water to soak in without without the the sun just evaporating it off of your lawn before it ever gets a chance to soak it in. And, and Cameron and Mel, you can help us out as well. In past years, we've actually put that information up as I think weekly, mm-hmm. um, that same information on our website. And I would imagine that w- that would be our goal is to continue to push that information out through our social media outlets at the city to help people be able to get that information as well if they don't know where to look. Otherwise, they can look on our website and follow that and see how often they can and should be watering to keep up with that. So is that something that we're going to continue as a city? Yeah, we'll definitely be doing that. Um, Conserve Water, we share their posts quite a bit. They're Not only are they very helpful, they're actually pretty funny too. (laughs) So I would suggest if you're not following them just on your own, follow them. But we definitely share them, especially during certain times. So yeah. yeah. We got your back. Don't you worry. (laughs) We appreciate the help. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in and talking with us today, sharing your information about uh, water. Is there anything uh, in closing you guys would like to add? One one thing that we're doing as a city is we've started just recently what we're calling a – a water conservation outreach outreach committee. Currently, that's made up of people from several departments here at the city, including administration, our public information outlets, um, our water department, people from the parks department, to kind of just roundtable every couple of weeks. What's the current situation with water? What information do we need to be getting out to the public? And so it's an evolving thing that we just started a month ago, but we're going to start doing that now every two weeks um, throughout the year and in the coming years so that we can try to try to keep on top of what the current water situation is and what information that we need to get out to the out to the, our residents because there are going to there is likely going to come a time if not this summer which we think probably will be this summer uh, but in but in future years we will have droughts in Utah and so we need to be prepared to share with our residents what the restrictions could be we know that restrictions should be a four letter word um, but it's something that is a real thing that we have to deal with here in Utah is that there will be times we don't have enough water to just water our lawns as often and as much as we'd like to. Obviously, we want to target and keep trees and shrubs and plants alive. Uh, but in the end, our goal is to be able to get information out to people in a timely manner on what we're seeing, what, how much water we're using, what water do we really have available to us, and how we can get the information out as to what restrictions we might have to put in place. That's something that we'll be working on is to see how we can help best inform our residents and keep them current with what we're doing and what we need from them as we go through the water seasons. Yeah, and if everybody follows those tips that we share, um, the goal would be that we don't have restrictions because there's ways that you can conserve on your own and still have a nice-looking lawn if we just kind of all do our part, right? Yeah, the, the, the things that we talked about, monitoring um, early water, changing your clocks if you don't have a smart clock. And if you do have a smart clock when it rains, I, I would suggest making sure it's working right and and uh, making sure it's shutting off at those times when it should be shutting off during rainstorms and stuff like that. And, and our outre- outreach committee will continue to keep um, people informed. Um, we're hopeful to continue to monitor current conditions and forecast future conditions. As Dave mentioned with um, allotment, we won't know what allotment is out of our Deer Creek sources until June. 
um, you're well into the irrigation season by then. So that's something yeah. we'll continue to monitor and, and we'll round table with our committee and, and try to keep uh, consumers informed on current and, and future conditions and what the water year is looking like. Yeah, great. That sounds great. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you. We had so much fun talking with our funky mayor, Mark Johnson, earlier in the podcast. We invited him back. Yeah, welcome back. Oh, happy to be here again. (laughs) Well, this is important because we're talking about something that's happening outside of Lehigh. And do you know what's happening outside of Lehigh? Aliens. Aliens are happening outside of Lehigh. (laughs) So uh, this is interesting. And Mayor, you brought this to our attention. There is part of the coronavirus um, package or bill that was passed by uh, President Trump included a, a section that had to do with aliens. What can you tell us about that? Well, that, yeah, that's right. So it was the second uh, uh, COVID bill that uh, was passed uh, during his presidency. And, and uh, that was a fairly large bill, that, that last one. And the committee who, who processed all the information in that actually put a statement in there that, that uh, forced the government agencies, the CIA, and I assume the NSA and the FBI to reveal any of the information they knew about uh, UFOs or, you know, unidentified flying objects. And uh, it's interesting. They call them something different now. They're called Advanced Aerial Threats, so AAT. So it has a a new acronym that none of us are going to use, right? We're all going to use UFOs. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah, so they were given six months to be able to release that information. And I just think, you know – Okay, this is finally something fun the government is doing. <laughs> it sounds really? to me like they've weaponized the aliens. A yeah, what's right? calling them a threat? I mean, before they were friendly, they were just yeah, unidentified. But, man, like, yeah. Yeah, but now it's like they're they're a they're legitimate a threat. threat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're all just on pins and needles, wondering. you know, wondering what we're going to learn here in the next month or two. I know we're yeah. having a little Men in Black situation <laughs> coming. <down. laughs> Well, I'm, I'm curious, Melanie, what's your experience with aliens? Like, have I mean, you had any close encounters? Or The closest encounter I've had is watching Independence Day. That's oh. probably my biggest encounter. Yeah, speaking of one of the greatest presidents, yeah. uh, the president in Independence Day and his powerful speech. We will not go there. quietly into the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. That's right. How about you, Mayor? Any close encounters? Well, as long as we're talking about the first alien in- movie, yeah. we don't want to talk about the second one because, yeah. Yeah. That was we, not okay, good. Okay, that's it. We're done talking. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I don't, and I feel so left out. I know, you know, because that I I've just never had one, and I'm you know I'm one. I I've I kind of got into you know amateur astronomy for a while. Mm-hmm. I still have my telescope. It's locked away in the closet, but no, nothing. Yeah, you know, you may have had one and just don't remember it. Yeah, they could oh, have hey, wiped that's your a, memory. That's a good point. Take comfort they, in the, that. The brain probe, right? Yeah. yeah. So just say you have. Yeah, yeah. I just don't remember. I have. I just don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, have you had it? You know, I haven't either. But maybe that's the, f- the case too. Maybe yeah. that two-year period of my life I don't remember much. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that two years. That's what happened. I, you know, I just woke up in a in a field alone i don't you know but <laughs> makes sense yeah i don't know maybe i just don't have anything to offer to the aliens That's I'm, fair. you know so yeah it's just a little bit hurtful yeah, yeah. i mean you, you're a good guy it seems like they'd want to know stuff from yeah. you you're pretty intelligent so if i remember right this this bill had a deadline uh is that right uh, yeah, it started six, in six december months. yeah, yeah. Six months. Okay, so sometime midsummer, we should we should know all about the aliens. know all about the aliens. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I I read an article recently that you know already showed some of the information that's been released. You know, we already 
most of us have seen these videos from the uh, the Navy uh-huh. of some of their fire pilots, you know, chasing down what they call a, a tic tac type object. Oh, yeah, which is really, I guess, because it looked <laughs> like a tic tac, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, it's strange abilities. And but you know, as is always the case with UFOs, is the video is very gritty right. and like yeah. you know, just you wonder. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Bigfoot videos. They're yeah. like, ah, yeah. if only they had had a steady hand. <laughs> I mean, with the advances in technology that the government has access to, you think they would get a good video. Right? Right. Yeah, you, so. you know, you got to wonder why somebody on uh, social media can post something of their kid doing this magnificent skateboard feat, right, in yep. perfect clarity. But yet you look at a bank robbery and everything's all digitized <laughs> and you can't see, you know, That's you can't point. ever recognize the person. Yep. So, yeah. No, that's a good wow. point. Well, that that's a fun topic. I'm looking forward to. We'll have to have you on to follow up yes, in, in about six happens. months and and yeah, see we'll what see we where know. See yeah, where we that'll are. Be good. Yeah. If took, you're still here, yeah. If oh, you haven't been taken, you know, maybe the aliens will come and, <laughs> and abduct you. So perhaps. I yeah. know. I <laughs> took a class at Utah State, and it was called "Do Aliens Exist?" And I was stoked. And all it was was astronomy. They didn't even talk about aliens. I was oh, a big switch. So I'm I, really excited to hear more about this. I hope you got your money back. I should have. Gosh. <laughs> Did you keep the textbooks? So. I did. <laughs> there was nothing in the textbooks. It was just about stars and space, yeah. which is cool too. I guess they want you to do all this math too in astronomy. So yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So well, thanks, Mayor. That was a fun topic, and we yeah. again appreciate you uh, um, bringing all the uh, important news to Lehigh. So, <laughs> Way to we'll, keep a lookout for us. <laughs> we'll keep everybody on top of it. All right, Lehigh, that's our podcast for this month. We appreciate you listening if you've made it to the end. And for the two of you that are still listening, (laughs) we appreciate that. So uh, again, uh, from Cameron and Melanie and Mayor Johnson, uh, as the kids say, keep it real. Peace out, guys. Thank you. 